Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show, where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Check out some of our network mates, Keith Pound Den, the Boring Riot Podcast, It Is What It Is, and the great British drafting show, The Best Name Ever. For more great talk about your favorite team, follow the Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, and love us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Nikki Wolf. Alongside of me, as always, Colin Hoggard. Welcome, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, furiously trying to watch tape on 120 different draft prospects with the Panthers' 2006 playoff appearance on in the background. And researching the Sean Gilbert saga. I mean, multitasking like a yeah. MFR. Except I don't post on social media when I do it, Nikki. Because oh. I'm not as efficient as you. You know, I'm just trying to be efficient and multitask even more. That you, and you do it well. Thank you. You do it very well. Thank I'm, you. I, you do more things in one day than I do in a month. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I we can both done, agree on that. I may, <laughs> I may have done more things today as of 4 p.m. than you do in a Including month. Including stopping at Taco Bell. Which, That's true. Which is, which is a ground – which is just – it was a – it was an image-shattering moment when I walked in and you were indulging in Taco Bell, but I'm, I'm glad to have you as part of the club. You just love me even more. I know you do. On my other side, Josh Brought Klein. Brought me a cinnamon twist. I'd love you more. Well, they're right here. We got some twisties. Go. Oh, sorry. I talked Don't worry, I everybody. Josh Klein, shut up. All right. Managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, has as much cash in his wallet as the Panthers had under the cap before they restructured Luke Keekley. Just make sure you crunch right into that mic there, buddy. <laughs> Nice job. <laughs> Professional way to start the show off. This I was hoping it was going to dissolve, and it just it just wasn't cooperative. No, you got to crunch down on them twisties. You got to get that cinnamon out of there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I had a joke prepared, but I don't remember what it is. So Cool. Yeah. As long as you got video of him uh, eating that cinnamon oh, twist. Oh, yeah, of course. That's definitely going in your yes. trailer. Congrats, Colin. Kevin's going to go home for the day. <laughs> He's done. Hi, Kev. Thanks for being here. Got the highlight. The gifable <laughs> podcast. That's no, what we're going for. Yep. And on the one-day contract, Nick Wilson, host of the Wilson and Parcell Show, Middays on WFNZ, and is probably in the top two most excited people in Charlotte about the Browns' 2019 season. I would like to say usually I'm anti-pandering, but today I walk in and all the skinny people are eating Taco Bell. And that, guys, you just you get me, right? Know your audience. Know your demo is the rule of any you know, mass media, and uh, you guys knew. Fat guy's coming in. Let's get some Taco Bell on that table. Now, when you say all the skinny people, you mean just Nikki was eating Taco Bell, right? Well, yeah. Colin, yeah. I mean, I didn't uh, want to yeah. put it that way, but yes, all the skinny <laughs> people, people in the room were, of course, eating Taco Bell. Exactly. Josh is skinny and an Instagram influencer, aren't you? That's right, baby. Yes. Hashtag influencer. Renee's so, actually an Instagram wife. Person of interest. Person I, of interest. I feel like you have the worst of it all because, like, skinny people won't claim you, but fat people won't claim you either. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in between sizes. Like, you're the kind of guy that if you said in front of me, uh, oh, I'm so fat, I might knock you out. Like, with sure. love, but yeah. also a fist because you're not, you know, like – like I am, I'm like circus fat, and you're like maybe go on a diet and drink some diet coke fat. Yeah, I'm like the yeah, I'm like the guy that's like, uh, did he like did he eat a lot of Thanksgiving style overweight? Like not maybe like, he I maybe feel he like just I'm broke not jolly. up with someone. Mm, that's a good point. <laughs> I yeah. always like when people use this line with me. Like if I were to tell somebody my weight, they go, "You're not that fat." I've never figured out what that fat is. Like, what is the number? Four. What is it's, the approximate? Because it seems to be a moving four. goal line. Like, 
like, uh, like, like two years ago, I weighed less. Well, you're not that fat. Well, now I am that fat. Or if you just moved the damn ball, <laughs> I think, I think, I think, four hundred is okay. Just, just keep. All right, it. I'm not because, that fat. Because awesome. there you go. Because you can. Because look, we're on, we're talking football. You know, at some point, uh, you can be productive <laughs> at, at three plus. Mm-hmm. Like we see guys still be productive members of the NFL at three hundred pounds. At four hundred, no, you're not. You can't be productive. Like you have that. That's a tipping point. That was a defining moment in my life. Uh, Danny Shelton, recently of New England, uh, formerly of Cleveland. I stood next to him at training camp, and not only was I about two inches taller than him, but I realized I had about twenty pounds on him. And that was like, a, if there was going to be a moment where I was like, <laughs> "Damn it, where's the treadmill?" That would have been it had I had the subsequent shame needed to get on a goddamn treadmill. Sorry. No, but it's not. No, it's fine. We get two curses, so okay. it's fine. You just, you, actually, I think, Does that count as one I, or two? I think the D is fine. It's the, the S's and the F's that okay. we try to – and the C's, if, but we'll see how well, no, bad no, we get he, later. He did combine the G with the D, which is, yeah. which is like a multiplier. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. I think if you combine the G and the D, you're, that does count as one. So okay. I, think we're, I think we're at one right now. All right. So make sure you save it where, when somebody is like, I think we should take Will Greer in the first. That's I will save this for the last moment of today's podcast oh man where i'm just going to let out a word i'm excited we'll for find it. out what it is that's called the tease <laughs> in the radio business we'll find out after this stay tuned I message just, from I just, like everyone, <laughs> just liked everybody using the letters it felt like we were at a really fun eye doctor appointment <laughs> so now nick are you from the cleveland area yeah or do you adopt them um, i thought you were gonna say the cleveland are not a lot of people cleveland? adopt cleveland like that is like you are you are either from there you have lived there but like not too many people adopt it but now i am a i grew up the first 32 years of my life in in cleveland or the cleveland area i should say see that's yeah. why I included the so it's, area. It's me and LeBron. Because <laughs> I mean, because look, the choices are you either you're a trader and you go to the Steelers, or the Bengals or the Browns. Now that, so that's that really upsets me. Like people, like I, listen, I have maybe made some comments on on WFNZ airwaves about the Pittsburgh Steelers right. that may have gotten me into trouble with some Steelers fans. By and large, though, I don't have a problem with Steelers fans because they're diehard fans. But if you live in Northeast Ohio. And you just basically said, well, my dad's a Browns fan, but I decided to be a Steelers fan. You are Satan. Yeah. And because <laughs> because you, who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for Ohio State or Penn State? Because yep. you, you're picking and choosing. It's, it's like yep. this, the old Duke basketball, Florida State football fan. Uh, down here in the Carolinas, oh, can't allow it's, that. It's, it's the same they thing. They got to pull the tags off their Yankees caps too. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is a shame because now you come to North Carolina, and in the last twenty years, there have become Duke fans that are that are from this area that actually root for the team rather than being from other places. I but. I tried to to do this very you know when I came down here in about October, I tried to let Twitter dictate my fandom, <laughs> and and UNC fans very great on on social media. They picked me. Right, they didn't. They didn't. You, they didn't just let Duke fans have it. The problem was, once we got into that part where UNC struggled a little bit, they turned on me, and I mean right quick. Yeah. And it got ugly. And so finally, I was like, you know what? I can't root for Duke because I I swore my allegiances, but I'm off the UNC bandwagon. And then neither <laughs> team did anything, so I'm safe all around. Yeah, it's probably better that way. <laughs> That's probably the way to do it. Yeah, it's a way to do it. So we start the show. With my super important question. This sounds very official and important. Yeah, yeah are you ready? Yep. Yes. Take a deep breath. Game of Thrones. Do you watch, did you watch, 
And if you did, did you love episode one? Oh, Josh rose his can I Can I actually can I put a kibosh on this thing? Because um, some of us, including perhaps the, the medium dog, uh, <laughs> so usually I'm the big dog at the table, but uh, medium <laughs> dog today, um, is... Or uh, I could oh. be the extra large dog. Okay, Wait, that's I'm better. Okay I like that. So I'll be the big dog. So I guess I'm the... I'm, you're the little... No, you're definitely not that. You're definitely not that. I'm not sure what my role is. In this well, analogy. You're the medium dog, I think. I'm the medium and then dog? Nikki is, is the little dog. I think we're, I think we're yeah. about to yeah. get into that. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I was going to see if Josh was going to say it. I was going to see if Josh was going to take the baby. I heard you, st- you start the first sound. And then, yeah. I, then there was this look on your face of like, I'm going to walk this back and hope nobody noticed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, so here's the deal. I'll be p- perfectly honest with you. My wife uh, was one season behind. Uh, was not. I'm sorry. I was one season behind, so I had not watched season seven. My wife had never watched the show, so I decided to start over with her. And uh. so I am one full season behind, so that I can't tell. I you just can't talk about it. So I'm I'm gonna have to put the kibosh on Nikki's super important question, unless you guys only want to speak in some sort of code that I can't understand. I can. We I, don't have to talk about it because I've never seen an episode, so it all oh means terrific, nothing oh. to me. I I can speak in the generality that I tried to watch Game of Thrones. Okay. I have a very basic threshold, which is there is some amount of dragons and peen that I can see within a given episode of a show before I check out. And every episode that I have watched has had either a dragon or a peen in it. And so, you know what? Listen, some shows just aren't for me. I've seen enough. The dragons are probably more troublesome than the peen, but mm. it was just too much all around for See, me. See, I thought you were—I thought you were saying peeing, like no. because that's also in the show. Because I didn't know yeah. if penis would constitute a curse word. No, that's—I mean, we're we're just I, talking in anatomy here. But I think. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, no. So that was my line in the sand. That's fair. You're definitely on my page because I've just always referred to that show as some sort of dragon porn. I don't know. It's, and, it's and, not my and thing. You, and that's something you don't want to watch? I'm or? not really into the dragon porn okay. shows. There are recesses of the dark web that I have gone down. <laughs> we are not quite to that point. <laughs> that is the point where it's time to get into some level. I don't want to say rehab, but some. Like, go talk to somebody. Yeah. If, if dragons and porn are your thing together, just talk to somebody. That's all. Well, or like... Yeah, like, they do. It's called Twitter. <laughs> 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 Kevin just shrugged like, well... <laughs> There's got to be like someone that specializes in talking to people like you, so I'll find you someone. I don't, yeah, no, it's that's literally fair. one guy, yeah. and you just go to his office. He's not even like a licensed professional. He's just been down that rabbit hole too. Yeah, he's, that's he's, what it is. He's dressed like a dragon. Yeah, he's like a, hey Kevin, <laughs> that's a whole new level of furry that I just can't. Yeah, like, I'm cashing out my chips. You, I find out that dude's in this city. I'm gone. <laughs> He's one of those people that are LARPing in the park over yeah. there. <laughs> Hawthorne. Call me Khaleesi. <laughs> I t- Colin, d- are you a Game of Thrones person? I, I like Josh, am uh, behind, but to Josh is to d- no surprise to Josh, uh, I'm actually further behind than he is. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So Technically, yeah. I guess I, I'm behind well, since it well, started. Yeah, well, n- uh, basically what happens is we get uh, – my wife and I will watch the show. We'll get to a point, and then she will need to take a break. Sure, uh, because it has so got the dragons and the peen. Um, well, yes. she's more of the, the 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 blood. It's more the blood with her. Mm. Um, and then we will we'll stop, and then we'll try and start again. And then she'll need to take a break again. And so um, I told her this time we're getting to the end, or I'm leaving her behind. No man. So at least I, you use the word behind at the end of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> 
that got that this went a little bit of everywhere. So okay, we've covered some bases here. Yeah. Like this us. is the way we should probably start. Yeah, yeah, I like exactly. Yeah. I, usually, what I do is I like to put a um, a note in the podcast description that's like, "Want to skip right to twelve oh five? By the way, this is what a draft room sounds like if you don't have a first round pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, John Dorsey and uh, Freddie Kitchens talking about dragon peen. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And the uh, and the Saints are probably just doing this all Thursday and Friday, just so, like eh, whatever. Sean Payton's like, into some weird stuff. Yeah, no, okay, he I can't. Is. That look at that guy. <laughs> watch him just cabinet. walk somewhere and look at the look on his face. That dude is into some things that <laughs> I don't need to talk about. Quite frankly, we don't need to think about. We're no. married men here. All exactly. Right? We're yeah. trying to keep it pure here. I don't think about what Sean Payton wants or no. needs or asks for. Certainly not what he asks for. Maybe what he asked for, but not what he wants. Not what he gets. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I guess we should talk about football. Yeah. Um, What's not? that? You know, there might be this uh, kind of important thing happening That's next week. That's a rumor. Week. Where it's, are your sources? It's rumors. Well, I read it on Twitter um, from Josh, so figured we'd talk about it. Sure. So let's just get right into it. Uh, Twitter's on fire this morning. It's a dumpster fire. A lot of... Uh, Wait, this Twitter you speak of, dumpster <laughs> fire? Yeah, no. are you referring to Panthers Twitter? <laughs> yes, Panthers Twitter. <laughs> how long can fire. that? How long can that dumpster smolder? You know, you you bring in a, a quarterback to talk to, and then the uh, world goes and gets set on fire. So, good idea to draft a quarterback. Yay, nay. Um, should I go first? Sure. I uh, I, I don't think this is a hot take at all, but um, if you are going to draft a quarterback. That is telling me, and I think you actually said the same thing on your show a couple days, either yesterday or a couple days ago. If you're drafting a quarterback early in the 2019 draft, that tells me that you are not satisfied with what Cam Newton's shoulder looks like. And you are like, okay, well, his contract is up after next year. We need to start getting ready, which to me is fine. But if that's what you're going to do, then we need to be looking at the, the quarterbacks in the first round, whether it's Drew Locke, whether it's... Haskins, I've heard, it might fall. If if you're talking to those guys, that is a lot more palatable to me than you're going like, I'm going to get a guy, I'm going to go out and get the sixth best quarterback in this class, and we're going to maybe mold him for a year. I, I just that that's a hedge on Cam Newton's health for me. If you want a quarterback, go out and get one in the first round, or leave it and go with Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke and push this to next year when the quarterback class is a lot better. I am a big believer in the philosophy of drafting a different quarterback every year because you there's I've never seen a franchise, you know, when when San Francisco had Steve Bono, uh Steve Young and Joe Montana, they still didn't have enough quarterbacks. It's impossible. So I personally look at them not having drafted a quarterback since they drafted Cam Newton and uh, I'll be honest, I'm not willing to trust the season on Kyle Allen or Taylor Heineke. So I personally would like them to draft a quarterback, but I think where you draft them, I am. This is the probably one detail that I'm fairly old school on. If you draft a quarterback in the top two rounds, that means you are a little bit shook about Cam Newton's shoulder health. Yep. If you take a guy with that compensatory third, take a guy in the fourth, uh, a Finley, a Thorson, a lottery ticket basically, sure. And you're trying to develop a backup and maybe more. Then I think I'm com- that not not just comfortable with it. I think that's the sweet spot for me because too many people are saying, well, you never know with Kyle Allen. I'm sorry. I've de- I've dealt with you never knows. I don't care to have those, especially considering I don't I don't know what to trust with Cam's shoulder. Well, I also see – sorry, I, not to cut you off, but I also see a lot of people saying like, oh, well, this is the same 
team that they can't evaluate quarterbacks because they like Taylor Heineke better than Kyle Allen. You know who else can't then? The other 31 <laughs> teams that didn't pick him up for eight weeks while he was practicing at home mm-hmm. in Arizona. So th- this guy who didn't have a job for 10 weeks last year or eight weeks or whatever the thing was that I said 30 seconds ago, <laughs> he didn't – You yeah, you have – He's just not – he's not an NFL quarterback. I'm sorry. I love the guy. He's very nice. Just like you said, you never know. We kind of know. Well, and you never knows are fine if they're your third quarterback. Yep. Or if it's a quarterback where you have a, another backup quarterback and they may basically by their own uh, work shift back and forth. That's fine for me. But to just come in and say, well, we like Kyle Allen. We feel good. That's – Honestly, if if you had said that was going to be the philosophy, if that turns out to be the philosophy, if I had known that back in January, I may have dinged this team a little bit harder than I did. Well, it, it, I agree with you on where you're going to pick the quarterback in the, in this draft. However, there's a lot there's a lot of pieces to this. If if by some measure we end up sitting there watching the draft. And all of a sudden, in the second round, this is how we find out that our MVP quarterback's shoulder is jacked. If that is how they decide to alert Panther Nation that, hey, by the way, we're concerned about Ken- – that will be a debacle. That will be an absolute debacle. If they don't – if they don't, if that is how they feel, because I'm with you on – if you is it a good idea idea to draft a quarterback? Yes, if you feel bad about Cam's shoulder. But if that's how we find out that this is how they feel about Cam's shoulder, that's going to be really problematic, and that's going to, that is not going to be a good look. So unless we hear something leading up to it, I'm not inclined to believe that that's where we're at. I Listen, I realize I have taken probably one too many pot shots at Ron. So I, I understand that whatever I say on this matter is probably going to ding me a little bit. But – I don't trust the Carolina Panthers to give me the truth about Cam Newton because of what happened when he first got injured and because of the way that it happened this year. How I mean, I understand that Ron has been criticized to a specific point and he's not comfortable with that. He moved his or he has his meeting with Ryan Vermillion every single Monday after he meets with the media. Yeah. And he did that for a purpose. So he wouldn't have to give people the right information on that. And I think that I don't want to use the word unethical, but I'm uncomfortable with that because it takes away some of the responsibility of the head coach, which is to say, here's what's actually going on. And I think that what Ron has done is in some ways defensible because of the dysfunction that existed within the organization under the prior regime because he was put on the front line to answer far more serious questions that he that about Greg Hardy or about other situations about Jerry Richardson he was the man that had to stand up there as the face of the franchise and so to me the idea that he is now trying to protect himself whereas early on I don't think he did I think is somewhat justifiable I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying but it is it is a product of what was previously you know, dysfunction. Dave Gettleman didn't want to talk to the media. Jerry Richardson wouldn't talk to the media. So it was time and again Ron Rivera that had to stand in the, in, at, at that podium and be the guy whose face was shown on NFL Network, on local news. And so I think now he has taken to protecting himself, and that's where that's where we've gotten now. And it's a fair criticism, but I think that's how we got here. Um, as but, but this is a different conversation than how they've managed Cam's injury now. Because if you're drafting someone in the first or second round at the quarterback position and you have an MVP on your roster, how bad does that shoulder have to be? And now we're talking about the end of the Cam Newton era 
if you're drafting somebody that high. Is it, is it bad, or do they just not know? Because I, I, think, I think one of the most terrifying positions to be in as an organization isn't to know, isn't to be in cap hell. It is to be where Indianapolis was with Andrew Luck. Uncertainty. Uh, and complete uncertainty. And then the, then the answer is not the draft. Well, see, I think the answer is the, you're, you're in, in, a, in a sense, you are taking that second-round pick and treating it almost like a lottery ticket, which is to say, well, we don't know enough about Cam. We can't guarantee he's going to be back, so we're going to take this, and worst-case scenario, we have Cam Newton in a tradable asset in a year. Like, there, I understand mm. that thought process. That's a lot better than just saying, ah, well, hell, we're going to roll the dice on the season because both Ron and Marty's jobs, I feel, are on the line this well, year. Well, yeah, I, mean, I don't disagree with that, but if you were, if you were the, the, the Panthers in a situation and you have questions about Cam Shoulder and you're thinking, we want to win now, we think we've got you know, the pieces to be in the playoff mix, are you a second-round rookie or a vet? Yeah, oh, I actually I would no. like both. <laughs> I'm, I'm selfish as hell. Oh. I, I want to see them set up for five to ten years. I don't just want to see them set up for all year. Well, I think it, the thing is, is if you're using a second rounder as your lottery ticket, that's like going that's you're going to the gas station and buying a thirty dollar lottery <laughs> ticket instead of like that's not a lottery ticket. Like you're you spending know how too I much play the money. Lotto. And, and, yeah, exactly. And it's not and it's not a it's not a you know a nine figure or you know exactly. Cool. It's, it's like eight five. You're like I well, want, I'm gonna put it all on this eight point five okay, million dollar jackpot. But but to use that. <laughs> Uh, you spend twenty dollars on a lottery ticket. If you hit twenty dollars, if you get your money back on that twenty dollar lottery ticket, you're fine because you didn't lose anything. Yeah. Well, a twenty dollar lottery ticket getting your return back isn't that significant in the NFL. AJ McCarron was a fifth round pick that had the Cleveland Browns not blown up the deal would have been had for a second and third round pick. Yeah. So the value on quarterbacks does fluctuate enough that. Yes, it, it's probably, you know, you are still probably playing with a lottery ticket on some level. The, the quarterback value thing is something that I don't think anybody understands, and it almost always based off need and want and supply and demand and when you're willing to trade somebody. Yeah, I mean, we, we have witnessed it in the past 12 months. A guy, they traded up for Josh Rosen last year, and this year – they're going to draft another quarterback. I get it. It's another regime. You put this guy in the worst possible position. I said it in our last episode. I said it on the internet. If you want a quarterback, why not go out there and just trade for Josh Rosen? I feel like I said it on the internet should be on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> again, if you guys want to do it, write I said down. it on the internet. I only, t you know, 10% commish. Uh, that's all I want. Yeah, write that down. Also, uh, flip back a few pages where I said that Kelvin Benjamin would be out of the league in a year. Guess who's been right about that one? Bing, 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 bing. I don't know. We, I have a lot of Josh-isms written down in this book. Just in case. We did talk about we're like grading a hot take. Kelvin Benjamin's, I'm just going to use it now, fat ass being out of the league. <laughs> That's like a two. Yeah. That is like a two on a hot take scale. Yeah, those cinnamon twists would not have lasted <laughs> if he was not. the case, if he was the guest. No, no cinnamon twist is safe? No. I, I Again. Yeah, I, I think that it, we're all on the same page. Like you're just you're making a decision. You're announcing what's happening with Cam Newton via your second round draft pick, yeah. and especially like I, I think a lot of people, and we're going to talk about this later. But like I think a lot of people got upset when Joe Person put out his his mm -hmm. his mock where he said that what? they're going to trade getting up. Getting upset what? at a mock draft? I don't think so. <laughs> Oh my uh, gosh! And so it's like this is new to me. I wanted to put out a mock draft where they just like they draft like Daniel Jones at sixteen, <laughs> and people are like, "What the bah! I actually. I'm not saying it won't happen. Well, I, but I do think there's something to be said about the. I, there's also an idea behind, you know, 
where a quarterback goes doesn't necessarily ma- mean where he deserves to go. When we talk about Will Greer, I'm not a scout. Or when we talk about Ryan Finley or Thorson, I just don't see those guys as that. I, I see those guys as a risk at that. Yeah. Whereas when we talk about – I mean, as simple as your first third-round pick, there is an absolute contextual difference between those two spots given who they were and the uphill battle each guy has to go. Yeah. No, I, I think you just – for me, it's absolutely fine. And they, they, they say we like to draft a quarterback – Every year, which they haven't done any year that Ron Rivera has been the coach, but every year they like to bring in a young quarterback. Do you think that, that well, they Ryan just Nassif, say – it, Does Ron try to get through whatever opposite he can possibly get in? Like, you know, well, we're going to go ahead and manage Christian McCaffrey's workload. <laughs> we're going to bring in another back to go ahead and run a lot. Well, you had the C.J. Anderson. Yeah. I feel like there are some times where, where they just kind of get bored and they're just like, I don't know, let's see what we can throw against the wall and see what will stick. I think I th- they just go into coach speak mode and they just say something that they think sounds like an answer. Yeah. I, I thought yesterday, and I didn't think about it this way. Jordan Rodriguez said it on our show today, though, where she was talking about uh, about Ron and his tongue-in-cheek answer about, well, we're going to draft football players who try and help us win. And it it is such it's such coach speak that you can't unequivocally tell me that he was just trolling everybody, but you also can't convince me that he wasn't. And that is the beauty of Ron Rivera. Oh, he 100%. He loves doing that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. Like he, he, I would say he answers 40% of the questions at a press conference with like a wry smile on his face. Like, well, we'll see. And it's like, <laughs> mm, but just, you know, though, like, you know, dude, we don't have well, to see. It, it's, it's interesting that we've gotten to this point, I guess because of the internet and the information exchange, that everybody, especially this time of year, is so scared to say something that, they, that they're going to tip it off. It, 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 didn't all, it wasn't always like this. You, you used to be like, hey, we really like uh, you know, that kid out of Nebraska. And you're like, oh, really? Okay, cool. Yes. You know, yeah. but, but now it's like, can't say anything. You know, the Raiders may be listening in. Well, look at how the first pick goes. I mean, last year in Cleveland, everybody thought it was Sam Darnold yeah. uh, until April. And then suddenly the Baker undercurrent happened. I had no idea. I had I had three different people inside the Browns organization tell me three different things. And obviously that's on purpose. But I remember just going like I was uh, – and I'm going to eat this till I die. I was more Sam Darnold than I was Baker. And, you know, I was cool with Baker, but Sam Darnold, I thought, big prototypical quarterback, great arm, great touch – thought he was going to be the guy, but they did a great job. Arizona's trying to do that same thing. I still remember when, like, three months out after the Browns were founded, you knew it was going to be Tim Couch. I knew it was going to be Courtney Brown. We knew it was going to be Michael – not Michael Vick, whoever the number one – LaDainian Tomlinson, I think, was that year. Yeah. I don't know. That was too long well, ago. Didn't they used to, like, start negotiating contracts, like, yeah. a month before the draft? That was fun. Those were the it days. Was, no, but that was when you had the, the holdouts because there was no mm. cap. So, yeah, that's So true. the rookies would never pretty much play the preseason. Yeah, no. You got to get that back, though. By the way, what? The negotiating yeah. before the – yeah, I love that. Yeah. Where it's just people like – people also get really mad, like, you're going to pay a rookie that? It's like, this is how this works. Yeah, friend. exactly. Are well, you? it's the same as, like, that's the veteran minimum. I would make that in a lifetime. And yeah. it's like, well, but it's – have you never watched sports before? <laughs> like, I, Are you an Ohio State fan? Um, Okay, that's a tough question because <laughs> I grew up an Ohio State fan. Then I went to Bowling However. Green, which is in western Ohio, and all they do is beat the holy crap out of uh, 
uh, Ohio State beats the holy crap out of BG all the time. But then I did. I have gravitated back. I can't say I'm not an Ohio State fan, if that makes sense. Okay. I asked because you said originally that you weren't on that Baker Mayfield train. The minute I saw him step on Ohio State's field and plant that flag in the middle, I was like, oh. yeah, this guy. But if you like Ohio State, I could see that being maybe in the back of your head, like maybe this isn't our guy. This is, this will tell you a, a window into the inside of uh, the mind of Nick Wilson. Uh, the honking incident. The honking incident for me was like a lot of people looked at that and said, that's so unbecoming of a quarterback. I wouldn't want the face of my franchise. And I said, you know what, if you have to walk into Cleveland and you have to deal with 20 years of negative inertia <laughs> from the moment that that organization is moved, Maybe I want a guy that grabs his package and honks it at somebody. Yeah. Like, you know, as long as it's not on the street and it's a little old lady, like as long as it's on the football field and it's in the, 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 the confines of a game, I, I think that's a kind of attitude and cockiness we need, and I honestly do think that helped him this year with the myriad of things that happened in Cleveland. Well, if you look at what not to talk not to turn this into the Baker and let's do it the, all the rookie quarterback show. But Just, first of all first of all, I love how we've just like decided that Baker Mayfield is automatically going to be a good quarterback because That's he was fair. pretty good for the last six weeks of the yep. season under an offensive coordinator that was doing pulling magic tricks out of the playbook and is now going to be a head coach when he's probably not really prepared. Although he could be great at it, I'm not. I love Freddie Kitchens. I love that kind of attitude. But he and he and Rosen had like the same stats through ten games. But everybody, because Steve Wilkes is a terrible coach and they kept him for the whole year. Sorry, Steve, Aww. if you're listening, and I know he is. Um, I don't care. He hates me anyway. Yeah, so. That's fair. Uh, he's not listening to this hey, episode. He's, he's not a, here he's in the, the room to give you the bug eyes of like. He's on the beach approaching like the GM question. right now, I think. Yeah, <laughs> no, he, uh, he actually, so we had him call in right around, uh, I want to say mid-November. And he heard something. And, and we had two Panthers there. I want to say Shaq Thompson. One of his defensive linemen were there, too. I know. Uh, hell, I can't remember. I'm, tell, I'm butchering the story while we this speak. This is going really good. But, uh, we'll but no, so something innocuous, <laughs> something innocuous upset him. And, like, he just kind of buttoned up and started kind of being terse. And, like, we were trying to figure out off air while we're speaking on air, like, what did we say? And then it turns out to be we, we gave an update on what something Ron Rivera said, and he didn't think we said it. And I just remember being like, you have a ways to go as a head coach if you're going to be oh, offended on be, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, real quick before we move on from the quarterback position, what quarterbacks are we liking in this draft? Um, I like Finley a lot. I like Tyree Jackson just because I like those big kind of quarterbacks. Especially if you're going to if you're going to draft a guy late in the draft, why not draft a guy that kind of plays the same game that Cam Newton does? So you don't have to change the playbook immediately like you do okay. for a. A guy that's five ele five ten, a hundred and eighty, soaking wet like Taylor Heineke. That uh, that's that's my guy right there. Um, I, I think there are there are other guys like just late like Brett Rippin. I really like. He's got a nice arm, but I, I just I think these are all like late guys. I, I a mid round pick. I'm out on. I I gotta say I think Finley reminds me of the kind of quarterbacks that end up having success guys who aren't drafted higher because of the perceived lack of ceiling mm. that, so you know the cousins and guys like that so I like Finley for that reason because I think he's smooth enough he can do what he needs to do the other guys I like I do like Greer to an extent and I like Clayton Thorson and I like Clayton Thorson because he has the experience um, he did absolutely get the crap kicked out of him in Northwestern but he did still produce and take them to the Rose Bowl with limited amount of talent around him. 
the interceptions are troublesome, but mm-hmm. for a guy to sit in the NFL under Norv Turner and learn for a few years, that that recipe, there's something about that. And everything else, I mean, he's a big guy, can move around a little bit. Like, there are some things physically to like as well. I think he actually might have, of those three quarterbacks, I think he might actually have the highest ceiling. But I've been wrong before and bit before by bad quarterbacks. <laughs> I said there was no way that they would draft a wide receiver in the first round last year, and I was obviously wrong about that. So I'm going to come back. They, they cannot draft a quarterback in the first three rounds. It's got to be a day three guy. What if it's the it's, comp pick? Because that's like the, the – that's, the the last, that's, that's that's basically the fourth round. Yeah, yeah that, we'll ha- we have to go to like legal judgment on that. Be an arbiter <laughs> involved. That that might be that is the first acceptable pick. I would the three plus. Um, we'll call it. Um, but they they cannot draft a quarterback in the first three. I want the guy that's going to be the most accurate. And like you said, work, working with North Turner, working with his strengths. Because ideally, Cam comes back. You want this guy to look good in a small sample size so that you can get that lottery ticket back. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Let's move on to safety. I had to get off the internet earlier today because everyone was like, well, we're going to sign Eric Berry now. We restructured Keekly. Um, who's playing free safety for us? Great question. Um, I would just love to address Eric Berry really quick because Eric Berry's played three games in the last two years. Great, great guy. Great guy. Love him. Great guy. Let's just put all the caveats out there. Let's t- just – Great guy, leader of men, leader of men. Yeah. real gym rat. Really yeah. gets in there. Hard really study. Yes, yeah, starting a great studies the playbook in the clubhouse. Yeah. yeah, a veteran presence in the club. The, the kind of guy you want to be part of your communal or community outreach. I'd say absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, the stuff that he does off the field that you don't know about, unbelievable. He is a better person than he is a football player, and he's a damn good football player. And I'm and gonna, that's saying something. And yep. I'm going to tell you why he'd be better at basketball <laughs> right after this. No, <laughs> sorry, I've, I've been listening to um, another podcast that, whatever, the Simmons podcast with Rosillo, and they do that all the time, and it makes me laugh so hard where they just, they do the, like, the terrible sports radio. Uh-huh. And I'm going to tell you why telephones were a bad invention <laughs> right after this. And it's just like, what are what's happening? So, um... Uh, I think that he is great. Three games in the past two years. The the fact that the Chiefs cut him and are willing to pay him almost fifteen million dollars in dead cap over the next two years tells me all I need to know. I'm I'm all set. Like unless he wants to come in for the vet minimum, which is what everybody says about anything, I'm all set. And I think people just they they go for what who has the perceived highest upside. Yep. I don't even know that he plays what you need him to play. I know that Ron likes versatility in between his safeties. I know he likes to have a lot of option. I don't think Denora Cersei is a free safety. I think he's closer to playing in the box like Eric Reed. So I would like somebody who can play single high. And Rashawn yep. Golden, I, I mean, Ron Rivera keeps saying, well, he can play some single high. Coverage is not really his, his – the kind of beacon of what he does – I, I'm going to say this name because I know him and I know he's a free agent still. It wouldn't upset me if they brought Trey Boston back. Yep. You know, he doesn't have to be the starting safety or rather the, the you know, number two starting safety and be a rotational guy. I think they need to play somebody in coverage because after Ron took over the defense, what you saw was he was he was using the corners to cover up for the safety's inability to cover, uh-huh. and it made the corners worse. Yeah. 
It's the problem for me is that you don't have anybody on the roster that can play free safety, in my opinion. I yeah. think Rashawn Galden is a nickel cornerback. I think they brought him in with the hopes that he could play free safety, but I just don't think he is. I think De he's a strong safety, if anything. Yeah, exactly. And Denoris Searcy is kind of the same. Denoris Searcy can't play free safety. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's a, he's a he's a qual I think I is a quality well veteran strong safety. safety. Yeah, exactly. He can't be the guy. So then you have Eric Reed playing free safety, and we don't want that. Because then, then you're just diluting the guy that you just brought in to be kind of the, the veteran leader of your secondary. You have to come out of this draft with a safety. And, oh, yeah, no. I'm sorry. I can't help but laugh because we've said this for a decade now about this <laughs> safety position. No, but Literally, listen. it's been a shooting guard for the Hornets and a safety for the Panthers <laughs> for a freaking decade. I, I saved thought it you was – Shooting guard, center, small forward, power forward. For no, the no, no. They've drafted the other positions. <laughs> okay. They just refuse to draft Bradley Beal, for instance. Just, as, just, as, just. I just pulled that name out of it. I yeah. mean, it's, wor it's worked out well for everybody, yeah. though. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I just think that they, this is one of those. So I thought. So they had their pre-draft presser, right? You can't take anything from this pre-draft presser. The old, the one thing that I really liked is whenever they would ask him about safety, they'd be like, "Well." Uh, tight end group is really deep this year. And then they would be like, well, but what about like the safeties that you have on the roster? Well, we really like the guys that we have on the roster. Let me talk, tell you a little bit about running backs. And it, they didn't really want to talk about safety at all. And that says to me that they've at least the wheels are turning in their head like we got to get somebody. And they didn't want to tip their hand that they like any of these safeties. I think that's the fascinating thing is, is when – because especially single high – it's it is a position that you can find impactful guys in the third, fourth, fifth round, yeah. and that it'll be interesting to see because essentially you're leaving up maybe the one thing you need more than anything in the safety to maybe a fifth round pick. Yeah, you're, but you're talking about free safeties. You might need more special teams linebackers on the roster, and that's what what fourth and fifth round picks well, we are for. We did re-sign Colin Jones, yeah. so let's not forget hey. that. By the way, he makes plays. <laughs> every time he's on. No, they're bad plays, but he makes no, plays no, every he make, time he's he makes He makes good and bad plays. Colin's got to stick together here. Uh, but, no, they have <laughs> needed a free safety for legitimately a decade. And you it, apologize to the family of Mike Adams right now. <laughs> Look, I, well, are they still living? Are his, are his children still living, or are they already passed? Um, it, it, no, they've needed a safety. They've needed, an, and this has been a, this has been a wish for a long time. I'm a, I'm glad to see that I've passed the torch on to you, and now you can be fooled into believing that this is the year. I'm not buying it, not <laughs> not a chance. I just it's just like what you said. You can find a guy, and it doesn't have to be the fifth round. You can take one of your third round picks, mm -hmm. and you can invest it in Taylor Rapp or Darnell Savage or one of these guys that that whoever you like the best. Because they because again, I'm not a scout. You're not a scout. There's somebody that they like. It doesn't have to be Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at 16. It can be somebody at 77 that can really make an impact. The other thing is, uh, I'm going to say something that, um, by and large, I like that Ron and company and Marty like versatile pieces. I think that's very smart when uh, not just injuries and the way we treat injuries now and how that's changed, but I think it's also really smart to try and reconstruct your offensive line or guys who can give you multiple looks on the defensive line. I think all of that's very smart. Going multiple, which Ron has talked about, very smart. I, I do think, though, if we see them draft a guy who can be a free safety or he can also do this and also do this, mm -hmm. I think sometimes they trade the ceiling and the specificity of the tool for multiple tools. And I think in the case of a free safety, I and again, we're getting way inside football here, but – 
I think, in this case for free safety because it's the one thing you don't have. Golden can do nickel. Elder, Elder can do nickel. You've got a bunch of guys to play uh, strong safety. You've got guys who can maybe play more outside. You need somebody who can play center fielder. I, I don't want them to say, well, we drafted this guy because he can play center field and dot, dot, dot. The dot, dot, dot doesn't matter in this one instance. And this is not not just speaking to versatility, but this is exactly – this is opposite of what you see out of the Patriots where it's like, give me a guy that can do X. And when we need a, a football player – that can do X to be put on the football field, guess who we're going to use? The guy that can do that. And then when we want somebody that can cover deep, we're going to put in the guy that can do that. And they and they rotate. It, the thing is, it feels like they want this versatility, but then you get to the season and it pretty much locks down into their 11. Yep. So it's like if, if you're running 18, 19 guys and you're doing all kinds of things and you're, and you're making it confusing for the offense, I'm in. You know, like I'll try that. But it, it can't be we're going to get all these pieces that, that can do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and then – you're going to run the same 11 guys out The other there. thing about that, though, is that to me is the challenge Ron Rivera faces. You know, Ron, Ron has done this thing, and coaches do this all the time. It's not just Ron. I'm going to reinvent myself. You know, I need to reinvent myself because the NFL is changing. And to a lot of people, that means Ron Rivera running the defense and, and giving multiple fronts and all that. To me, for Ron Rivera, him reinventing himself is being able to retool this team on the fly. Uh, last year there were moments where TD in coverage was getting smoked. Mm -hmm. And you had young guys who they were raw as hell, but whether it was Carter or um, the other linebackers escaping me now, you had young guys that I think probably would have given you a matchup athletically that you could do. But, you know, TD's a Ron guy, and we don't do that. Yeah. This is this is and it'll be the thing. I mean, you sign Chris Hogan, you sign all these veteran pieces. They'll probably sign a few more before mm -hmm. training camp. They cannot be playing over young guys. This year it is imperative to find whether it's via the draft, undrafted free agent. You need four or five guys out of this draft and undrafted free agent that are at the very least going to be rotational pieces because you cannot keep plugging and playing. Arizona eventually ran did this where you know the Dwight Freenies, the Dion Buchanans, the Dansbys, all these old guys, and eventually those guys retire, and you can't just keep finding the next new old guy. And Ron is so, and I, it's not a bad thing. He wants his veterans because he trusts his veterans. It's not a bad thing, but you are on the precipice of a change with this team. Youth needs to be had because it is a young league, and you can't truly evolve if you're still putting out 36 year old linebackers who get their ass beaten coverage more often than not. Yeah, to me, safety. Now I gotta hide for like five <laughs> weeks from PD. <laughs> You didn't hear me get come. my ass up. It's Kelly that you got to worry That's about. That's right. right? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it, to me, free safety was a problem that they probably should have addressed in March or yeah. February, and not the week before the draft. This is not the time to be to be saying, "Well, we got to have a free." That, like that's the worst thing that you can do, and that's exactly the situation they find themselves in. There are there are plenty of places. So like they need a backup running back. You can address that in a draft. You need a fourth wide receiver. You can address that in a draft. You need all these other spots, but like they needed us, they they needed a center to replace Ryan Khalil. Whether you think that's Tyler Larson or not is whatever. But they went out and got that. They needed to address their offensive line, which I guess they kind of did. But like, yeah, they needed at least one edge rusher, and they went out and they got Bruce Irvin. Whether whatever you think of Bruce, they they did it. They just free safe. They just left it alone, and so this is just a thing that is now like, what? How is this just a, a glaring 
empty space on the roster that you just have zero people at. And if you don't address it in the draft, they have to sign somebody before camp. Yeah. And, and maybe that's Trey, who I know, maybe. you know, I, I think at, at this point he's yet again somehow on the outside looking in despite being a good single-eyed safety. And young, you know, too. I, yeah, very it, young. I, you know what it is, though? Kenny Vaccaro didn't sign last year till I think, August. Yep. And he signed it with the Titans. Now, he ended up signing long-term. But, like, the one – the only solace that I have is that the safety market – probably will hold out until after the Khalil money kicks over once yeah. June 1 works. <laughs> it's true. But it's still a risk. Yeah. Trey might not be there. You know, uh, play, you know sa- safety X might not be there. You don't want to be going back to the Pops Mike Adams days for another year because you didn't address it in either free, free agency, undrafted free agency, or the draft. Do you guys think this is a well-run organization right now? In, wow. in terms of this, in, in terms of the way this ro- this roster is composed, Kevin no. picked up that camera real fast. <laughs> no, because because just I, I know you're kind of stunned. And you're looking at me, but here's the reason I ask this: free agent, 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 free agent. Teams that typically do that, shopping in the 30 plus year old market, how many of those end up doing great? This is the way that this team came into the NFL. This is the success that they had early on, and they had to go away from it because it's fool's gold. And you just look at the impactful like ad- additions, you know, or the ones you expect. Uh, you know, the Paradis. You have Irvin. These are got everybody's being brought in and being given this veteran money, which is a lot of times when guys go, ah, man, got that last contract. This is this this roster composition is not what we have seen out of this organization for a long time. It, and this is this is this feels as unhealthy to to, to use that word a roster as, as we've had in a long time. I think it's a really tough question because I like what they did in free agency, the first three signings they made. I thought maybe you overpaid a little bit for Eric Reed, given what we've seen from the safety, but that's the price of signing him early. And by the way, he might have gotten more on the open market. We don't know. So, but but again, I think he is an average to better starter at safety. You pay that price because you needed a safety. I like Paradis because you got him at at a guy who plays at a high level but is coming off an injury. Daryl Williams, you know, people are worried about his health. I get it. Still a really good signing for $6 million. So that now to the greater question, I think it's really tough to tell because I think I think Tepper's going – I don't think it's been historically a good run organization because Big Cat came in and played his politics time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Tepper's going to do that. But I don't know how two guys who have had to survive in chaos in Ron Rivera and Marty Herney – Marty Herney coming back for the second time. I don't know that they're going – I don't know that it's easy to adapt to a new enlightened organization. And so I, so my, I, I don't mean to punt on it or, or to ride the fence. I like what Marty Herney's done since he's come back, but I understand that people cannot separate that from his first run. I see him doing similar things, such as the Luke Keekley move today, move money from the future to bring it today. Understand all of it. Ron, though, I'm still very skeptical about. I'm I'm skeptical about the marriage without Jerry playing God on high. Yeah, I, I also am a little bit concerned. Speaking about things that they have done in the past, or Marty has done in the past specifically, of giving out deals to guys that you like who may not have well, necessary. Now, 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 I'm not saying they did a lot of money because Daryl Williams is a good deal, but the 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 narrative is. 
test free agency. Nobody wanted him. And so he came back to Carolina. And they gave him a deal. That's now happened with three of their free agents this year. Cameron Aris Payne went out, tested free agency, came back and signed with Carolina. Kyle Love went out, tested free agency, came back and signed with Carolina. Does a roster spot have zero value? Because how else do you justify bringing back Cameron Artis Payne? It's a running back well, position. Well, you got to find out who you're going to have. Right? I mean, this is <laughs> – no, you know, we're going to get the honest we're look. We're going to get that honest look. We're going to get the honest look. No, I – the, it, you it's don't want to miss an opportunity, but with this them. is what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's not being well run. Well, but we no, could, but that is, but but again, that is, it's a tough answer to give because can you be mad at a coach for being too low? Because it because I think guys like Cameron Artis Payne, I think guys like uh, the the you know, Colin Jones, I think those are Ron Rivera favorites, and I think I think Marty Herney and Ron have an agreement. If this guy comes back for this, we'll bring him back. So. To me, it's, but it's how does Ron Rivera convince you that he, Cameron Artis Payne is a, is a, one of his guys? Because well, it isn't by putting him in on, on the field. Well, but but no, I mean I'm talking about having him there as a veteran who knows the system and knows what to do. <laughs> Christian not, McCaffrey, what do you what do you mean? What is what is you ever get? This is awful. This is the worst case that has ever been presented. No, there is no case for this. Yes, correct. <laughs> but I do still think that Ron Rivera likes his guys, and if you are a guy of Ron Rivera, he's going to bring you back. So getting back to it, the point is pretty much everybody but Bill, Bill Belichick does this with somebody. He just doesn't do it quite as egregiously as I think Rivera and Herney do it. I, I, I just think – I look at the way this roster is composed, and I just I feel like this is – I don't know. I don't. I'm not feeling great. I'm not feeling this roster right now. Well, I was told I, I, today on the show I'm a hater because I had them at nine and seven. So we've got that going. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you that, and I am the the first to tell you because you haven't heard this from anybody else. Uh, I thought that they were going to go six and ten, and they went fifteen and one. So I, I'm not really like I don't have. Apparently, I don't have the well. Cam Newton is going to have an MVP type season in me to predict. So that is though I I. I I jokingly throw it out before everything we say. I'm going to start doing this with other takes, not just the Panthers. If Cam Newton's healthy, yeah, Mike yeah. Tyson would have kept his championship longer. Like, I'm going to start doing those kind of things <laughs> because I feel like every conversation we have about the Panthers should come with that disclaimer. Yeah, absolutely. The alpha especially, the especially as long as Kyle Allen is his backup. Yeah. No, well, it's not even I'm not that. Bitter. It's, <laughs> it's not even that. If Cam Newton is 100%, then they will go to the But You saw it. Two years ago, no. he wasn't even really 100%. When you can, when you put Cam Newton at 100%, good things happen. And it, and every year that the Panthers have been bad, and you can say the odd year, even year, whatever, since he was a rookie, ha- there has been an injury to Cam Newton, whether it was the shoulder, whether it was the concussion. I put quotes around it, audio listeners. He wasn't concussed by, in that Denver game, for sure. <laughs> um, whatever it was... It was something that affected his whole season, and when he, if he is 100% healthy, which eh, shrug, if he is right now, then they're going. Then they will probably go to the playoffs. If he's healthy, the offense is good enough to get them to the playoffs. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm still not 100% sold on that offensive line. I, they don't I, need to be. They I, don't need to be. We went to Nor- the Super Bowl with the blind side and Mike Remmers <laughs> dragging <laughs> okay. Cam through that. Come on. That was also four years ago. 
And I think as Cam has gotten older, like I thought one of the things that limited, as much as the deep ball limited them last year and Cam's inability to throw it, Cam not being able to run as much because of the shoulder, I think also mm-hmm. limited them. Yeah. Because it took, you took two of the, the biggest things that he can do to scare the bejesus out of an offense or out of a defense. And when you took both of them away, I think that's why. And I did think actually Cam did a better job last year of choosing what's hit, what hits he wanted to take. I think if uh, I, I'm not ready to see them just go ahead and punt on the offensive line in this draft. That'll be a, if they don't take a quarterback in the draft at all, and if they don't seriously address the offensive line with at least one pick in the top 100, I'm gonna come away pretty discouraged. Now uh, that's a low bar. <laughs> like draft a crappy quarterback and find me one fatty that can hit somebody. <laughs> like I'm not setting the highest standard here for a draft. No, you're absolutely right. It it, it is a very they have certain things that just make perfect sense for this draft. They have four picks in the top 100, and they kind of have four pretty big needs on their roster. Yep. So just go out and get them in the right order, and whether you pick a bust at 16 is not something that's going to be determined next Saturday. But next Saturday, if you pick Will Greer at 16, you didn't win. If you pick Jonah Williams, Andre Dillard, Greg, pick freaking Greg Little, who nobody likes. I have the would you rather from hell while you – okay. Daniel Jones at 16 or Will Greer at 47. (laughs) Which would you rather? Either one's going to have people walking out in the streets. Like, people are just going to walk out. I don't know. Daniel Jones might have – I might start a riot. I might (laughs) literally go out onto onto Moorhead and just start burning down buildings one by one. I feel like we were actually going to play a game at the end of this called "What would be the What's the worst case scenario?" <laughs> and it was going to be "What's the worst thing that the Panthers could do this next week in the mm-hmm. draft?" And I was going to say draft Daniel Jones at sixteen because they would burn Bank of America Stadium. <laughs> David to the Tepper would have to show up with a bag of puppies to kill for it to be better than <laughs> no. <laughs> I got to say, David Tepper actually has earned himself an era an an aura of invincibility. Because that guy, that guy will show up with like a beer and lighter fluid and help you burn it down, <laughs> like that. Like that, he he is he is uh, uh, in Cleveland. Start we over the, here at this statue. The gets us meter. Yeah, he'd bring marshmallows. Yeah, he's like, all right, guys, who's got sticks? Let's do this. He's he should wear like funny. I feel like he should wear funny T-shirts to like counteract Ron that are mm-hmm. like I like I hate. Ron on them and like I don't feel like, the hern. I don't like me so herny. Yeah. I'm sorry, whoever suggested that. <laughs> Uh, now it's been outlawed on my show because my my co-host actually has like a a future in communications mm. and he doesn't want me to ruin that. But hashtag me so herny is the greatest thing that's ever happened to Carolina and I'd say the world. Wow, yeah, that's, in that order. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I've never seen Sophie's Choice, but I feel like what you threw at us is probably that's what that movie's about, yeah. right? That's basically where we're going with yes. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like either. Let's let's just move on. I, I still think Daniel Jones is worse. It'd be so funny. I mean, that's that's almost like, isn't it? Isn't it just like you gotta laugh? Like you gotta just be like, <laughs> Wait, you gotta, this, okay. you is gotta. This, is this the All sitcom right. look of the? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now this is the true test. They oh, draft. No. They draft Daniel Jones at sixteen. Do you a run away from Twitter or b run immediately to Twitter to tweet or just to watch it burn? I'm just the guy, watch it burn. I'm the guy when the <laughs> aliens descend have to run towards the aliens. <laughs> so I, I will be running into the light, the burning dumpster fire of Twitter. You know what though? I do think that the best thing for the Panthers, if they're staying put at sixteen, 
is that there is one quarterback left on the board at 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, of those top four, yep. if Haskins, Locke, and, and Kyler are all gone, it, or, or, or if just Jones, Haskins, or Locke is there, one, you're right in front of uh, the, the Giants, which helps you. And I think that's going to help drive up people from the mid-20s. Mm-hmm. I, I said this today on the show. I'm not crazy about moving up, but I, 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 there's a, a world in which I can see doing it. But in my order of operations, trade down, trade up, stand pat. And I, that's so weird to say. There's so, I get spooked about that 16th pick. Mm-hmm. I, I, want a, I want a run on quarterbacks that gives them that option to trade down if they can. Yeah, and I think especially the fact that they're looking at edge rushers and offensive linemen who it, everybody has a history of busting in the first round. But like you look at who's been picked in the top 16 offensive linemen and you're like, uh oh, uh, I don't like I don't like many of those. Often, especially uh, tackles in the mid sixties. Uh-huh. And I think the the weird thing about this draft is, not only will it give you options if somebody wants to trade up, the more likely one of the top guys is actually going to fall to you. Like Burns and Farrell, I think they're nice pieces. I don't think they might even be starting pieces. I don't think they're. I don't think they're Bradley Chubb level good. I, you know, like the guys that I'm interested in, Ed Oliver, Rashawn Gary, who neither guy's technically an edge rusher, but, you know, I, I can maybe talk myself into sweat. Uh, you know, any one of those top guys, those top 10 defenders falling because of how good of a defensive draft this is, that's kind of the best case scenario. For who, who would be the guy, the, would it be one of those guys that would, that would change your priority to stay put at 16? Oh, God, I don't know. I really, I mean, you know, maybe Jawan Taylor. Maybe Jawan Taylor. I know he's a right tackle, so people will kill me on that, but he can be a right tackle for the next 10 years. Like, I am actually. There we have one. Don't we have three? I'm more inclined inclined to take an offensive lineman at 16 if you're going to stay than I would the edge rushers just because the the two names specifically, Burns and Farrell. Burns reminds me of Barkevious Mingo, and I, I, I have to do a couple Hail Marys just for saying that name alone. Uh, just undersized guy who I don't think is – I don't think the versatility is going to translate the way I think people think it's going to translate. Well, and we've seen this this team with this same GM be in a spot where they needed an edge rusher and they just took the next guy available, and it was Everett Brown. And so we all know how that turned out. Let's not do that. Yeah, no, I, I think the idea – I agree with you. I think trade down I, – I like Stan Pat better than trade up, mm-hmm. but that's just me. I understand what you're saying. If you want, If you need an edge rusher, go up and get Josh Allen. Go up and get – Bosa and just be done with it. And it would be the ultimate go-for-it move. Yeah, it's like, true. And, and I, the way I look at it is would I rather have would I rather have a potential franchise building block that maybe cost me another first and a second or a third, maybe cost me multiple pieces, but I had somebody to build the franchise and defense around, would I rather have that or would I stand pat, have six picks this year, and, and oh, yeah, Hey, here's a guy who might his ceiling might eventually be Mario Addison. Good player, not necessarily defensive building block. And yep. that feels that feels like an unnecessary risk to me with the Cam Newton shoulder question. Like I, I'm not interested in giving up a first round pick if we continue to have these you know these doubts, these At, questions. See, I, I would not because I know I've heard people talk about next year's quarterbacks. Man, I hear that all the time. Like outside of. Outside of very few years, the Andrew Luck year with RG3, out, most of the time when people say, you're going to love next year's class, like who's the top guy this coming year? Tua? I don't – I mean, I, I I think he's great in what I've seen of him, but I don't know that I would take him number one. You know, I don't know I'd take him. Like, and, and pretty much everybody's on that level for me. 
I understand your thought, and you're probably a little bit more rational than I am, but I look at this and say, if Cam is healthy and you just drafted a guy who can give you 15 sacks, four forced fumbles, you know, the Von Miller package, somebody on that level, then you've, you've created a Super Bowl team with what you have here. So let's talk about because we're talking about edge rushers right now, and I just want to kind of get uh, leads into who you think, who somebody that everybody loves right now but you don't you whether you don't see it or whether you just don't think it's going to work or whether you don't think it's going to be a good fit for me it's the guy that everybody loves i think everybody loves montez sweat but i think this guy ran a really fast 40 and he's got a ton of athleticism mm-hmm. and he's going to be a good pro but the panthers do not have 3 years for him to develop into a good pro i think you need somebody that can come in and line up and put his hand on the dirt the first snap of week one against L.A. and make some moves at Jared Goff. You can't wait for him to learn under Eric Washington, right. learn some counter moves. I love Montez Sweat. I think he's going to be a really good NFL player, but I just I don't think he's going to be a good fit for the Panthers. Immediate uh, impact is what. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, I think it's any of those three guys you've mentioned, Sweat, Farrell, or uh, Brian Burns. And I'm not saying all of – I think they're all bust potential. I just – I'm looking at one. them, and I, I they're, the, they're the same level of meh to me like one guy has this you know montez sweat is a friggin freak of a, yeah. of a human being <laughs> yes but but yet there are those concerns about ben there are concerns about translating uh you know brian burns very productive but but a little bit undersized and undersized where you need him to play multiple spots mm-hmm. and and then you get to to cleveland farrell who i just i don't know he's gonna I, he doesn't have the ceiling of the other two guys so maybe maybe his floor is he'll he'll be an eight sack he'll be Cam Wimbley, okay that's not necessarily what I want with a sixteenth pick. Yeah, my problem is that when you look at the sixteenth pick, it just has such there is so much dependent on this pick for the Carolina Panthers yep. for the next three seasons that they absolutely must nail it. And like four out of the six guys that they are considering are probably going to bust. So it's like you have to pull the one franchise left tackle or the one guy that's Julius Peppers at the 16th pick because if you pick Courtney Brown if you pick Cam Wembley if you pick uh whoever uh Robert Gallery like mm-hmm. all these guys that are like these guys uh it's a closed door this guy's going to be an all pro for the next 20 years and then 3 years down the line you're not you're talking about whether you want to extend him into the 5th year option this is why i cling so hard to trading down because in the absence of a guy and by the way i there's a chance somebody could fall to you. Maybe a Rashawn sure. Gary is too good to pass up. Maybe an Ed Oliver is too good to pass up. You know, maybe it's inside rusher instead of outside rusher, and we can get rid of Don Terry Poe. But, like, there, if in the absence of a guy who this guy will remake our franchise, this guy will be a great starter, that's the point where we say, well, maybe let's look at Indy, who's got two seconds, and they've got the 26th pick. Yep. Maybe let's talk with Oakland, who's got – you know, two more first to go and that early second where you, and, and maybe a, a fifth round pick where you're picking up a three for one kind of deal. That is really what I think is starting to interest me. But I'll also say this. We've also looked at the same 12 guys now. I mean, I know I know this happens when when you pick in the top five. We've also looked at the same 12 guys. I also will admit there's a part of just fatigue of yeah. seeing the same guys, yeah. the same boo boos, the same things that are going to hold them back. And you, I, in some way, I think at this year, I may be conflating some of the bad together. I, I think there, I think there's a real chance that they're gonna like at 16, it's gonna be somebody like Jerry Tillery or somebody that we're just like that we're not even thinking about because yep. we are, we have our eyes focused so clearly on 
Burns, Sweat, Farrell, Williams, Dillard, uh, Little slash Taylor. Like those six guys there, no one else could be on the board. I heard this name as well. And I heard it from somebody that I really, really trust, that, uh, Cody Ford out of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating is, is I've thought about the guy as a second-round pick. You know, I mean, if you look at what he profiles, you're not quite sure if he can stick at right tackle. He might be a guard. You're not sure which guard spot. There's, ver- there's perceived versatility, but there's not versatility. He's been a guy that, that ever since I heard that name, I've been very interested in. I just don't know I'm interested in at 16. Yeah. And I think that's – like a lot of the guys I start selling myself on are the guys that if you get back in those mid-20s, well, suddenly, oh, hell yeah, let's take this guy who I think might only be a right or left guard. Love those. Love those guys in the 20s. And I think the the unfortunate reality is every year there's not 32 first-round picks in the draft. There's generally more like 10 to 12, and then there can be a bunch of B-plus guys, and they're probably going to be drafting – a B-plus guy. And if you get a B-plus pass rusher, particularly as a young one, maybe he's productive, probably has a couple of spots, but, you know, the long haul, he's going to be Mario Mario Addison at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know this is not game time yet, but we have, they have four picks in the top 100, right? Five in the top 115. What are the four positions you want them to come out of the draft with? It doesn't take the players out completely. Just give me the four positions. And not even in any order. How about that? I'll I make will, it so well, much the easier The unanimous selections are going to be. I, well, I'm, I'm not going to take the easy ones. I'll take the hard one first. I will say quarterback uh, later, but still in with one of those top four. Okay. The middle two. Yeah. Uh, the last two. <laughs> um, I do think they need another edge, even if it's not first round. Another sure. guy who can get in there, be a part of a rotation at the very least. Um, I'll say nickel cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, That's surprising. Well, the the nickel cornerback has really jumped ahead in terms of its importance the last decade, and they have not really addressed it. Mm-hmm. They had Captain, who, who, great guy, leader of men, great in the community, not a very good football player uh, yeah. at, at that point in his career, and now they have Rashawn Golden and Corn Elder. That, none, of, none of this speaks great to me. So. Yeah. So I'd say quarterback, edge rusher, and, uh, and, and cornerback, and then I would definitely say – at least an offensive lineman. It would not piss me off if their first five picks, if they got two offensive linemen, I'd be very happy. Yep. Give me the granny panties offseason. Mm-hmm. I'm not even joking, man. Give me, give me all 300-pounders this, uh, this, in this draft because if they can build in the trenches on both sides of the ball, they, can, they have the skill level here to do something special alongside a healthy Cam Newton. If we had, if we did titles for the show, probably give me the granny panties offseason. Yeah. probably get the nod. Well, there. if I Nick ever pick up a down. podcast <laughs> with you guys, uh, you know, I'd be happy to, to run that one. <laughs> yeah, down. the granny panties. Your philosophy Wilson. on quarterbacks is my philosophy on offensive linemen. Give me one every year. Just mm-hmm. give me, just give me, you know, a swing, um, a swing tackle, somebody that can play that that versatility, somebody that can. Um, get in there on short notice and generally offensive linemen oh, not so much now I guess with the college game but generally they they make that transition okay um, I think safety is the big the you know the big one that it is you know is this the year is it finally the year is the is the need now so glaring um, what about a yeah. guy that played corner in college but they think can be a safety <laughs> 
I believe his name's Rashawn Gold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Already on the roster. He can do tons of things. My he can he can open cans. <laughs> he can clean your teeth with them. You can do all sorts of things. Can he play nickel corner? Eh, well, you know. My favorite part about it is we've we've already done this with two different players, which is they've said forever they'll draft a quarterback, and they've said they've uh, forever they're going to draft a safety. One or both of us are going to be ranting Saturday after the draft concludes about what how dissatisfied we've been. I'm just going to have to retweet an old safety draft day rant. That's actually <laughs> what I'm going to need to do because it's going to be the exact same. Um, it, it probably will. I, I really hope they do. I want to see them spend more time on the defensive side uh, than the offensive side. I actually think the offense is pretty good. Um, I, you know, the offensive line, sure, but the weapons, everything – I like on the offensive side, so I want to focus on the defense in those first couple days. So what was the first four? I'm sorry, I missed it. <laughs> I well, think you just kind of like trailed. You didn't. He you said didn't. safety and then just defense. And, well, no, <laughs> I was saying safety. Defense, to, okay. say, yeah, say, well, I was just saying like I didn't want to repeat everything that, that I he just said because like I agree. Like the defensive end, to me, the defensive end, the yeah. safety are are, are are the two glaring, the glaring ones. Yeah, I I would say uh, now that I'll go third, uh, I'll let Nikki go third, and then I'll just have all the positions done. Where uh, you're I will just, you're passing the buck. Well, this I'm, is a missed opportunity. All I'm gonna say are the you four that you just said. So it's yeah. like, yeah. there's yeah, exactly. Well, punter, I, kicker, <laughs> second kicker, long safety. You want to get a number? Ask Butker if he'll come back. <laughs> oh. Is the man hurt? Hive still alive, or can I look at a tight end? Oh, he's no, he's alive and well. Okay. I like what Nick said with the if with the five. If at least two of them were O linemen. I mean, this brutal. I feel like every week. I mean, every week on the show last season, we talked about yeah, literally. That's how we started every single show with the O-line party chat. It'd be nice. So you have not had enough of Chris Clark at left tackle. Is that what I'm understanding? <laughs> Man, I will. Let me let me tell you a little something about Chris Clark. Nice. Fella. Great guy. Great guy. Oh, God, here we go Leader again. of men. Community work. I, I mean, mean, the things that this guy is a family man. Mm-hmm. And if you see the way that he interacts with his kids, I mean, you're going to fall in love with this guy. Uh, he's tall. Very tall. You can't teach tall. Weighs the appropriate amount that mm. you would need an offensive lineman. Um, has feet. Got both hands. Too. Yeah, both cannot hands. argue with that. Spent no, five no, minutes with him. By very the way, present. Just just made me feel like I was a valuable part the way, of the community. No JPP. All ten fingers too. Wow. <laughs> See, is that too soon? <laughs> I don't think it's no. Not. It's like five years ago. I'm not going to be too soon. <laughs> I was looking right at Nikki, and there was a look of, "Oh, you just did that." Yeah. Well, I just never heard anybody actually say his name. I think we called him Clubby last yeah, time. Yeah, something like we that. We were talking about. I it. went with Clubber Lang, mm. and I was told by my friend in Tampa that I will die a long and and painful death because of that joke. That's fair. <laughs> Is it? That's mm. fair. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that's not even going to be top ten on the list on why I will die a long and painful. Yeah, of course. Your your JPP <laughs> yeah. nickname is what pushes you over the yeah. edge. I made a Gordy Howe in hell joke today on my show, so oh. that's that's barely scraping into the top five. <laughs> um, unlike Nick, I would not put quarterback in those first four, How though. How dare you? I thought we really, <laughs> we really bonded. I still have some Taco Bell left if you want some. Was, oh, no, it's too late now. It was the, fi- um, it was the fingers joke. It was. <laughs> it was like that. It was. The, it was the fingers joke. Um, I take quarterback out of there. I would say, two O linemen, safety. We need a, we need a rush or two. 
Yeah, I'll I'll go. I'll, I'll we'll also take quarterback out of there because I just don't. I this to me screams of like, well, we really like the quarterbacks, but they just weren't there when we wanted them. So we ended up signing the uh, a prior. We had we had our eye on this guy, so we signed a priority free agent. You realize how pissed off I'm going to be <laughs> if we fast forward this to November and Cam's arm falls off, yeah, and Kyle Allen goes out there and. In, like, two games, it's just apparent the, well, you never know, turns into what the hell were we thinking, (laughs) how I will be retweeting every single person who was like, I don't think they need a backup quarterback. Yeah, it's fine. fine. It's fine. I will will burn down Carolina Panthers' (laughs) Twitter and my own Twitter in the process. Now, just to be clear, I'm not saying that they don't need a backup quarterback. I just don't think that that's where they're going to go. And I think they have glaring needs more – more pressing than a guy who, in the best case scenario, doesn't get on the field. Mm-hmm. Right. The answer for the backup quarterback is not. It's it's just not in the draft. Not for this year. I don't believe that. I I, I, I just think the and I really think like if you're not sure about Cam Newton long term, get me one this year, and then get me one next year, and then get me one until you're either certain that Cam Newton isn't the thing and he's off the roster, or till one of these guys hits. Because I mean. You know, I, I realize that these guys have not made a habit out of drafting great quarterbacks, but law of averages says eventually you are going to land on one. And if the worst thing, well, uh, we wasted a third-round pick and then a fifth-round pick and then a fourth-round pick, like, that's Nick, not wasting a Nick, pick. Nick, they can't, they can't even manage the clock in the last two minutes of a half. You want them to, you want them to be running a summer camp for, for young quarterbacks? No, they, they don't have time they to do that. Together. He, he's got to meet with Ryan Vermillion after, the, after he meets with the media. Like, he's got things he's to do. He's got to meet do. with RV. Sam yeah. Mills the third is going to be running the clock this year. You are just going to – no wasted Seconds. If I actually could write an erotic novel featuring the <laughs> Carolina Panthers as the backdrop, I'm gonna just close Missed up. Opportunities <laughs> would be the name of my erotic novel. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just a bunch of errant shots in yes. the, the vital moment. Ah Yep. Um, it writes itself. Maybe that's what we should draft with one of these first four picks. Someone to just manage the clock. Let's I just love forget it. everything else. Big golden panther eyes <laughs> staring back at me. How do you like? How do you even begin the conversation on the appropriate uh, clock watcher, like the the uh, the time management coach? Like, so how do you feel about time? <laughs> yeah? yeah, clocks. Do they yeah. piss you off? Because that's not going to work here. But it's like he shows up early, and it's like, oh, I like this guy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, by, by the way, when there's like two minutes left in anything, what's your natural <laughs> reaction? Do you panic? Okay, you're not going to be the guy for us. You seem more like a head coach. <laughs> uh, With a small watch. Oh, man. Um, I'll take two defensive linemen in the first four. Give me two. Ready. Any any specific? Yeah. I like. I want an edge rusher in like a three tech because I think they're going to run a lot of three four next year, and I don't think they have the personnel for it. And I think it's a weird. I get it. They want to do yes. They want to. They want to be multiple. But it's like when Brian Cox is having a is is a big part of your your defensive plan. And I mean, Ron said the other day, Kyle loved playing the three tech. It's Great. like okay, terrific. All right, yeah. Cool. He's not a guy that's going to get inside, though. This but he's is not going to pay 100% of the snaps either. Yeah. So it's like you have who, – who's backup? Oh, this is – there's not a lot wait, of roster wait, here. Wait a minute, wait you wait. can't draft a quarterback in the first 100 picks. <laughs> maybe maybe Ron is craftier than we give him credit for. Maybe he's going to – you know, at the end of the year, he's going to go, if we, one more year in this new 3-4, and we're really <laughs> going to get rolling, yep. boss. I'm just – I'm – I like you, Colin. I'm concerned. Oh, I'm concerned. But you know what? By next Sunday, I'm going to be drunk. 
Yeah, that's also true. That's also true. The, I I usually do will I will use the draft as my turning point in an off season where I've talked myself into a corner about all the things I do or don't want, mm-hmm. and then they draft somebody. I'm like, all right, now we're cooking with fire. Yeah. Yep. Oh uh-huh. yeah. I can see him coming in third yep. down and long, just blazing off the edge right and, after the quarterback. And this <laughs> no, and this happens. fifth round pick, <laughs> this fifth round pick, he's my sleeper. Yep. I'm gonna say that right now. So everybody, I said it first. Nobody said the fifth-round pick was a sleeper, and (laughs) I said that first. Now, first year, you may not see it. Maybe on special teams, you'll see a flash or two, Mm -hmm. but but you give my guy some time. I like the guy. I feel like they have 12 of those guys on this roster, by the way. His name is Marquise Haynes, and how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) You leave my F.A. Abada out of this. F.A. was was getting better by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. I'm also part of the F.A. Hive, too. Yeah, you just love him. (laughs) That man hurts. This is why they they keep him around, because we got to keep everybody They're going to London. You can't cut F.A. Abada. There is a special relationship between a, a fan of a football team and their favorite 50th man in a roster. Oh, man. And I don't mean specifically Effie. I mean Tyler Larson. But does every fan I mean, have to get their guy on the roster? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And then if you cut him, you just made a big mistake, friend. Yep. This is why this organization never wins, because you cut a backup center guard combo who got his ass kicked half the time he was on the field. How dare you? Also, he went yep. to the same college that yep. I did. <laughs> yep. No coincidence. And now he's going to the Saints, and he's going to win a title. Great job, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I'm working through some stuff here. <laughs> I feel like I I just saw like a bunch of the text messages you get at yeah, FNC just come through you all well, of a sudden. It's it's so funny because you know the the text line there, and and most of the time, my my whole point to everybody is is the text line. Like anybody can text in. It, you know, one person texting doesn't my mean everybody wouldn't. hates you. Well, we, I had a guy today, and at, yesterday one of our guys in our show hacksaw. And if you met him, you would understand why we call him Hacksaw. But he is like the third character in the show, and he got hate for the first time. Oh, no. And he was in his feelings all day. Like every break it was, yeah, I got people hating me on the text line now. (laughs) And And I mocked him religiously for the last 24 hours this morning. About twelve thirty, I hadn't eaten yet, and I was feeling I had a little bit of those uh, that the hanger, mm-hmm. and somebody called in like, "Ah, hey, you out of towners, you Yankees, bleep you!" And I was like, "Oh, this mother!" Like, <laughs> okay, we're going here. Let me set down the headset. Yeah, so no, the text line's great. Yeah, I'm uh, not working. For I'm gonna anything. I'm gonna text some stuff in. I think that's gonna be <laughs> a lot of, a lot of Jermaine Carter love. Yeah, only only healthy. Feedback Just get him on the field. I think if you get Andre Smith out there, he's gonna show you something. Listen, he you, also went to Carolina. I don't know if you know that. If you just put your fourth and fifth round picks last year on the field. Maybe you don't lose seven out of your last eight. Ooh, man. That's just I me. Think you just spit the hottest of all the takes. <laughs> hottest of all I, the takes. I saved it. Imagine if they would have played Ron's guy, Cameron Artis Payne. They really would have done great. <laughs> they just need to figure out what they have in they him. they got to get an honest look at this guy. I mean, <laughs> really. <laughs> I mean, what – 40, 30% of American marriages end shorter than this. I, I actually <laughs> And think, he was a fifth rounder, guys. I think that Cameron Otis Payne is the person that you string along forever. You know you're not going to marry, but you're like, <laughs> safety I got running better back. here. Yeah, like. Look, all right, if yeah. we get to 30, yeah. and, you know, we haven't. You, you can be my safety to, running if back. If he gets to 30 and Christian McCaffrey still can't run inside the tackles, <laughs> all right, I guess you can go out there. <laughs> He's like testing the free agent market, t- standing at the bar drinking a Mick Ultra. Like, yep. oh, why is nobody talking to me? That's weird. I game this time. Polo game time. is really killing it. We got to play the game. Oh, all we right. We have to. Yep. Are you ready? It's ready. called Chill Bra. Mm-hmm. I, I like just the like name. to say that. Chill Bra. Yeah. 
You pulled it off, I thought. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. yeah. She actually texted me and was like, I'm going to pronounce it Chilbra. And I was like, Ooh, California? I guess. Like, Little, yeah. Is that California? Maybe. Oh, West Coast. I, I thought it was more. SoCal surfer chick. I thought it was more uh, South Cal End. <laughs> it sounded more, oh. uh, more yeah, okay. brewery South End. Uh, which is the dumbest thing to get upset about? Uh, Josh, I know, already has an answer. Oh, yeah, this. I do have an answer. So um, it's people, and they get it happened last night. It's people that are getting upset about the schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, well, God, Thursday night football week two. And it's like, guys, everybody's got to play 16 weeks. Like or sixteen games, seventeen weeks. The buys not always can't be week eight, right between two super hard opponents. Sometimes it's early. Sometimes it's late. Sometimes you play three games on the road in a row. Sometimes you open the season twice in a row on the road. I get it. It's frustrating that they're always doing it to your favorite team, to my favorite team, but they're not doing it on purpose. I promise. And guess what? The Panthers don't deserve more than one primetime game. I've got a chill, bro, but it, it doesn't have to do with football. Mine is very simple. I went golfing the other day. I like to golf. It's the one sport that I find acceptable as a large man to play, and I won't embarrass myself because other people can't see me because I'm like 300 yards away. Sure. Uh, but it was very busy. It was over at Sifford's. Uh, I can't even remember what neighborhood that is off of. But I was playing it, and this, 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 uh, it really got backed up a bunch. And this older guy uh, was like, there's a lot of ungentlemanly play today. And I was just like, okay, are we from the 1920s? Like, yeah, chill. Like, what, what the hell are you talking about? I just oh, pictured Colonel Sanders for some reason when you did that You voice. are not entirely far off on it. And, like, I'm drinking a beer, and, like, I'm just waiting to go ahead. and. But this, this guy was in the fairway, and he wasn't shooting quick enough, and this guy was hot. And I just remember <laughs> being like, it's okay. Just <laughs> chill, it's, it's chill, bro. Ju- it's, it's a there's sunshine. You know, you know, we haven't been uh, enveloped by the sun already. The sun has not expanded and burned us all. Like, I got a beer in my hand. Let's just enjoy the moment. Now, this was a private golf club, right, that cost a lot of money to play? Or oh, no. was it a public golf course this where you don't public. have to play? Yeah, of course. So when people get upset about, like, well, that guy didn't turn over his divot in the yeah. public. It's like, bro, this is a city of Charlotte course. Nobody's well, turning over and their And then, then I, I go to drive off the tee, and I didn't have a great shot. And so as I hit it, I felt, you know, where you feel like, oh, this is going all sorts of wrong. Mm-hmm. And I just, I let out a large dam. And I mean a loud dam because I have a loud voice. And I turned around and I had to apologize. Mm. And not because he wanted an apology because I'm like, ah, oh, he's going to think I'm not a gentleman. <laughs> and for some reason in that moment, that was in my head so as somehow, I screamed. Yeah. That's the shame you feel. Yeah. And here's the thing. <laughs> I don't need to feel like a gentleman at any other part of my life. But that guy, in saying the word ungentlemanly before I went up, to, it was in my head. So chill, bro. Just chill, chill bro. Do you think, chill, bro. Do you blame him for the errant shot? A little bit. I think I the think gentlemanly just, thing was in my yeah. like I you know one of the things that I like about golf is all the other sports. It's about how quickly can you process the information while you're moving quickly. In golf, it's the ultimate mind bleep. You need to go up to the the tee or go up to your shot. You need to make a decision and then you need to stop thinking. And for me, that stop thinking on a dime thing it does not work. So it's the ultimate act of like self. Uh, just trying to self-assessment of can I stop thinking for five seconds and hit this little ball 200 yards? And more often than not, the answer is no. And so I'm constantly chasing that. And, yeah, he threw that gentleman right across the bow. My chill bra is a little, little – one that I have lived myself. So this is this – is, this is, uh, and that was the elder. I look back. It's a draft guy. Uh, when the street free agents are starting to get signed at 11 – 
if you're 11 and night after day three of the draft, if you're if you your team doesn't pick up Zeke bigger, if they don't pick up Marvin McNutt, don't don't get frustrated and Chill, just bro. need to need to fire some tweets off because there's probably a reason that he's a street free agent. Now maybe sometimes they do turn into Mac Hollins, but more often than not, you're gonna they're gonna come and they're gonna go. So hey, just I'm just chill, looking bro. for the next Elijah Hood. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all I'm looking for. Right? You I'm looking for the down. first Elijah Hood because <laughs> he played it Catholic, and then I don't know where he went after that. Well, you can find him. He just has one leg in a cast. Yeah. yeah, he had like 70 touchdowns his senior year at Catholic. That's crazy that you could do that in a in like t- 12 games. Yeah. Good lord. Uh, my chill bra is for anyone who is upset over Tiger Woods, uh, the feel good story. From Sunday, yep. I, I watched Twitter. Half of Twitter was crying because they were happy, and half of it was like, "Well, how can you cheer for him?" I mean, he cheated on his wife. He's a terrible person. You know what? We're all terrible people, all of us. So speak for yourself. I'm very Josh. Uh, well. <laughs> Josh is the worst person. Um, <laughs> just hey. kidding. Just kidding. But um, we all have demons. His demons are a little different. I I just don't understand the hate for Tiger. I loved it. I was crying. Loved every minute of it. I here's I agree with you, and like I was not a Tiger fan in the Tiger heyday. Um, I I am Me drawn either. I am drawn drawn to people with personality and perspective, and and athletes. I've made fun of Tom Brady relentlessly on the show <laughs> for not having a personality. I have a lot of Tom Brady that I do when I talk like I'm Tom Brady. <laughs> like Tiger Woods to me was uninteresting, but his fall, and it's not just the the. You know, sex addiction, the Denny's waitresses. It's also the fact Perkins. that the guy got hurt so bad at one point he couldn't walk. And so to see him climb all the way back, you know, I, I took some flack on the show saying, you know, I the the thing with the family where he's hugging his kids, like I understand why that moved a lot of people. The 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 sign to me that was the most powerful is he hits that and him by himself on the green. A guy who all the groupies left, all the you know, a good majority of the sponsors left. People left in droves. They said things about him. They said things about how he conducted himself. They said he'd never win another. He he. Go, I understand he's got a team of trainers. He's got a you know he has a family. I'm not saying he did it by himself, right. but you did it about as much by yourself as you've ever done anything in your life with no one believing that you could. So is is impactful as that mo- as indelible. As the moment was with his kids, that moment with him just by himself and the weight lifting off his shoulder, as a guy who never rooted for Tiger, it made me say, damn good for you. Bingo. You, you, you know, you deserve this moment. That's a, that's exactly like it wasn't even like the family or anything. It's exactly what you just said. It wasn't the family or anything like that. It was watching that moment there. Yep. I, th- I think it meant a lot to for different reasons. To, for him, not as a golfer, but you know, as the as the dad, I do think that you want your kids to be able to see it. And that that moment, hearing those roars, hearing that at Augusta, like I do think, I I, I think there are two separate things going on there, mm-hmm. and both of them are unique, and both of them, like it, that's what made it such a special moment because it was it was all of these things. Because I'm I'm with you that, that that moment when he celebrates, and it's not it's it's you know you, you can see you could see like. I, I, I did it. You know, like, I actually right. did it. Should right. we say a little prayer, though, for the Waffle House waitresses? Perkins. <laughs> Perkins. I, that, that is actually a different level yeah. of standards. Like, you know, 
I feel like there's more maturity to the Perkins waitresses. You know, the Denny's waitresses, they can oh, just true. be any it's because, out It's there. still because Florida. Because yeah, it's still Florida. That brings yeah. it up a, a little bit. My uh, wife once worked as a Denny's waitress, so no big deal. <laughs> I meant Waffle House with the floozies. Thank you. Nick, where can – She doesn't can, listen. That's fine. That's fine. She's, she definitely does not listen, No, right? she definitely doesn't make it to 126 of the show. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Maybe Nick. this show. Mm, maybe, maybe this, this is one. the one. Well, yeah. she's this waiting for that cheese. That one yeah. word you're going to say. She at has the her floozy meter on, and she's like, "Oh, here we go. This here. thing's about to pop off." Here we go, Nick. Where can uh, everyone find you on the internet or angry text you on the air? Uh, you can go ahead and find me. Actually, find me. I really would like to get more Carolina specific followers at Nick Wilson WFNZ or on Instagram at Nick WFNZ. I'm really bad at Instagram. I'm definitely old dad on Instagram that, you know, whatever barbecue I do or my dog, those are not together, by the way. Mm. But those two things are the things you'll find there or pictures of a golf course. But on Twitter, I mean, I'm hilarious. I think that's very important. (laughs) But uh, no, yeah, so that's, that's where you can find me, and I'd appreciate the follow. Perfect, Josh. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Klein Rules, um, and that's pretty much it. I'm on Instagram also, but I like to do a lot of cool stuff on there. No, I don't. I post like one picture every six weeks, and it's also of my dog. But His it dog nails is it. awesome. Yeah, best just picture. Crushes it. The filters right on. The burn dog looking cute as a button. Uh, also, if I could, if I can plug something that's not mine, um, it's also on the Riot Network. The Great British Drafting Show. It's going to wrap up after the draft, but the, those dudes, Vincent Richardson and Dan Cresso, did an unbelievable job of like going through position by position, uh, talking about what the Panthers need, what they have, how they can get better, who they like, who they don't. They have some like I feel smarter every time I listen to it. And I know that doesn't really mean a whole lot coming from somebody who uh, the managing editor of the Riot Report, who <laughs> also edits the Riot Network. But I, I think that that podcast is is really underrated. And I would encourage anybody, if you're listening to this, to listen to that one as well. Awesome. Colin? They can find me at a lake fishing. <laughs> or on your deck. Yes. yes. Built, it is baby. deck season. Oh, it's deck season. All right. <laughs> Hashtag deck. deck season. Make sure you spell it right. Now, yes. real quick, what curse word? I mean... Oh, man, I, it's up to you, I think. I feel like we're going to – But you had I, one did building I already, up did inside Did I already you. use the other – well, because there are so many good ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'd hate to give it away with a damn – oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. This is One Day Contract, part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Nick Wilson, your One Day Contract is up. Where's my plaque? Coming. Just found before I met you. I drink too much, and that's an issue, but I'm okay. Hey, you tell your friends it was nice to meet them, but I hope I never see them.